the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Buckle up and settle in for a full hour of automotive mayhem with the real car guy, master technician, Mark Salem, where the only two things we can't fix is a broken heart and the crack of dawn. To talk to Mark, call 602-508-0960. That's 602-508-0960. Now, once again, here's Mark. Well, good morning, everybody. Four minutes after the hour of 10 o'clock, and for the next two hours, you're stuck with me, but I have an emergency announcement. Beep, 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 beep. There are some friends that listen to the show in Texas, and I want them to know that my wife and my daughter are in Round Top, Texas, at this giant uh, antique uh, junk show. So I would like very much for someone to go over there and find them and tell them that the bank we use just went broke, and that will um, <laughs> minimize <laughs> the damage I'm expecting. Nevertheless, that's good because my daughter just had a birthday, and uh, Renee and her decided to, to go to Round Top together. Actually, Renee decided they're going to Round Top together. Andy didn't really know what the heck was going on. 602-508-0960, if you have a car Get in early, 602-508-0960. This portion of Under the Hood is brought to you by Thompson's Auto Repair and Towing. Thompson's has had multiple generations that have been in Mesa since probably the early 1960s. They've been around a very long time, and they provide excellent auto, light truck, maintenance services, and just about everything out of their Mesa location, which is on Main Street, just state east of Stapley. They have ASC certified technicians. They do a good job in diagnosing the job. Actually, starting to beginning, talking to the customer, diagnosing the job, bidding the job, um, ordering the parts, fixing the car, and then go drive the car to make sure the problem is truly gone. That's the procedure, and Thompson's knows how to do that well. Main Street, just east of Stapley, Thompson's Auto Repair, the only shop in Mesa that I can recommend. There's other shops out there, but. This is the one I recommend. Okay, I have had my fill of automotive um, engineers. I've had my fill of those guys for years. <laughs> and, uh, and, and it's no secret that um, that they build parts for the car. They have a tough time understanding that what they did is a pattern failure. They have a tough time understanding that anyone could believe that they would design something that would ultimately turn out to be improper, defective, or a giant piece of you-know-what. And there's plenty of cars out there that we can put into that category of just really the worst cars in the world. So let me tell you a secret. This is You're going to hear this again. This is the beginning of a giant Dodge eco diesel problem this is the beginning dodge ram the 1500 truck is it's got a little uh, v6 eco diesel motor that's what they call it eco diesel and we've all of a sudden seen 
pattern failure, that the pattern failure that is just hitting our customers between the eyes. Now, we have a fleet of these trucks. I think the company owns 20 or 30 of them. So let me just tell you what's going on. The EGR valve has been in cars since the mid-70s. And the EGR valve is an exhaust gas recirculation valve. We're taking some exhaust, we're running it through a valve, and we're putting it back inside the engine. The exhaust still has some hydrocarbons or fuel in it, and we're going to recycle that, plus we're going to put some warm gas into the engine from the exhaust system, but we're not going to do it at idle. So if the EGR sticks open, it runs rough. It's not supposed to be open. It's only supposed to be open when you get going. So EGR, exhaust gas recirculation. Now most of the old V8s in the 60s, 70s, and 80s, the EGR was right on top of this giant intake manifold. And in the manifold, we had a port that fed it exhaust. And then we opened and closed it with vacuum. And so that way, we gave it vacuum only when we were above idle. So it was pretty simple. And it actually worked pretty good. A lot of people took them off thinking that their car was going to lose horsepower. Nothing could be further from the truth. But they worked pretty good. So this Eco Diesel, it has an EGR valve. And the exhaust in a diesel can get up to 1,100, 1,200 degrees. That means we can kind of melt the aluminum about then. <laughs> and so it's not uncommon to be driving down the road and your exhaust gas temperature is six, seven, eight hundred degrees. It's not uncommon. It's not uncommon on a lot of vehicles. So this Dodge Ram comes in and the very first one comes in at 61,000 miles and we find that the EGR valve that's mounted over here in metal that feeds this big plastic intake manifold, we find the EGR stuck open the carbon, and excuse my exaggeration, is 10 feet deep inside this engine. The butterflies are stuck, the EGR is stuck open, and this plastic manifold is melted like an ice cream cone in the middle of summertime. And so you look at it and you go, wow. Uh, you think, okay, well, the EGR is stuck open, and that's the rough idle, and you put it all back together to the tune of $2,096.23 because this one's out of warranty. So a short period of time later, we get another one, and it's the same thing. We have to replace the melted intake manifold because the EGR valve was sticking open. We have to replace the melted plastic intake along with the EGR valve and cooler. So that bills $5,817.10. Then we get one in with 137,000 miles. Now, the mileage is the first one was 61, then 75, and now we have a third one for 137. And this is the typical symptoms. They're experiencing intermittent rough idle. They wanted us to remove the, and inspect the EGR cooler and uh, to avoid possible damage to it. We can't disable vehicle emission control devices, and there's a lot of us that won't do it for our mother and our father, so we're sure as heck not going to do it for you. The fine is exorbitant, and we don't want the trouble and the hassle. So this one was $3,150 to put it back together. Now, if you have a Dodge Eco Diesel, you need to drive it like you stole it. This putting around and letting it idle and everybody hears the clattering of your diesel. And these are used in construction sites and construction people. We can't afford to have you do that based on what we already have with three vehicles. you got to drive it hard. The inside of these intake manifolds are, are just unbelievably carboned up.
So on a 1 to 10 scale, if you're driving it under 5, I need you to move up to 6, 7, and maybe 8. As far as rough housing the throttle and rough housing the engine, I'm not suggesting you break the law. I'm not suggesting that you drive it really like you stole it, but I'm trying to paint a, a picture for you of what needs to be done. Now, the rest of the vehicles out there that are diesels don't have this plastic manifold, and they don't have a problem with the EGR sticking open because the carbon is so intense inside the engine. So there's an in, there's a group of engineers out there, and by the way, these engineers I'm talking about, they don't drive choo-choo trains. They're, they're the brains behind the cars. There's a lot of them that are going to have mud, you know, mud or poo-poo on their face because this is a bad deal. And keep your receipts because it's entirely possible that they might want to spring for the repairs on some of your Eco Diesel after the warranty. They might. I don't know. I know my big Dodge One Ton doesn't have this motor in it. And I can tell you, most of you that don't have the Eco Diesel, the Dodge Cummins, the 5.9, and the 6.7, they're just fine. And most of us run those vehicles kind of hard anyway because we're hauling horses or tractors or our you know quads to the mountains or our trailers stuff like that those are good tow vehicles this v6 isn't going to be that way it's just not going to be that way i have another you know it right now we have a hydrogen problem in the rear brake fluid of hondas and chevrolets now somebody built the pistons inside the calipers but they didn't <laughs> They didn't squeeze all the hydrogen gas out of these parts, and they're chromed. So they must have sealed the hydrogen gas inside the metal piston and then covered it with chrome. And so the hydrogen gas leaks out, and it's a gas, so it's compressible. We don't like things in the brake system, in the fluid section, that are compressible. We want fluid in there that doesn't compress. So if we push on the pedal, we want a good, strong fluid stream to the back and front brakes. So now GM's come out and going, hey, we might have a problem with hydrogen back brakes of our cars. And if you have a spongy pedal on your Chevrolet or your Honda, newer ones, this is 18s and 19s, then you might want to take it into your dealer. Now, the spongy pedal may come and go. Sometimes it's a little soft. Sometimes it's hard. But you might be part of this. But the symptom is a spongy brake pedal. Who we got, Gil? We have Daniel. Daniel, good morning to you. How can I help you? Morning, Mark. Well, you can't really. It's about Harker's. Oh, <laughs> okay. Well, that's fine. I took in my 77 Power Wagon, which we've talked about before. And uh, when I got it back, pleased as punch. Okay, tell and us what the symptoms And he actually quoted were. you in one thing. He said, I'm spending my money now, not yours. <laughs> <laughs> well, you, you know, um, don't you feel good when the shop says, you know, I'm, I'm going to spend my money? And, and, and sometimes we made a mistake. And sometimes we're saying to you, it might take a little longer than I want to charge you. I might have, you know, maybe this tech is going to take 15 minutes longer. I don't know. But tell me what the symptoms were first. Well, actually, I went in for a couldn't get the reverse light out on the tail light. Okay. And the starter was not catching all the time. Okay. Okay. So Bob, with his wisdom, says maybe it's the flywheel or whatever you call it. So he dropped a tranny, and sure enough, his cracked teeth missing. So we had one of those made up, and uh, uh, the parts that were in there, harmonic balancer, <laughs> new mm -hmm. plug wires. We just did the whole gambit. 
Okay. And he and didn't make any mistakes. He just wasn't pleased at first, so he repulled that tranny to check to see if everything was balanced. Okay. Yeah. And uh, yeah. that's another good reason why we do that. Now, did you do a reverse light switch on it to get the reverse lights out? I was just a wire. <laughs> okay. Okay. All right. And, and the and, people I've said this story to, they uh-huh. were speechless. Well, that, he, that, uh, y'all bend over backwards. Well, you know, I suppose there's a single-digit percentage of my industry, and I call it my industry because it is. It's shared by all of us that may have put the switch on it real quick and just sent you on your way. And of course, if it's a bad connection or bad wire, you'd have been I back. Agree. But you know, old guys with gray hair and, the, and a lot of the young bucks, they're going to go in and they're going to identify power in and and reverse lights out. And, and I don't know if they didn't have any power in the front side, which obviously wouldn't have lit the parking brake or the reverse lights when you went to reverse. And, the, of course, the reverse light, the, the park neutral switch turns on the reverse lights. Um, so if you're in park, it doesn't. In reverse, it does, blah, blah, blah. So it's it's interesting because he found this connection problem, and he didn't replace the switch, which means he knows power in and reverse lights out only in this position. So that's kind of impressive. But thank you for calling about Harkness. And, Bob's and I firmly, firmly believe when he went through the truck front to rear, he was doing it for my benefit, not for the shops. you understand that? Yep, yeah, uh, I, I do. It's, it's you know, I, I see a little, we, we have this every day. Um, I need to have my rear main sealed because it's leaking. And we lift it up and we call him out. Come here, take a look at this. This doesn't happen all the time. But look at that. This is, there's weeping seeping, leaking, and a gusher. <laughs> Those are the four different kinds of leaks. And you got a car with 80,000 miles, and we got a seep of wetness, or a le- uh, uh, it's seeping or weeping out of the front uh, oil pan seal. We're not going in after that. Um, do you have any well, spots on your driveway? No. Um, have you, are you adding oil to it? No. And then we look at the rear bumper, because anything leaking in the front is going to end up spotting the rear bumper. So all those things equal. Leave it alone. Let's just live with it. So well, that's I'll how leave it you with some humor. You left me with one little problem. Okay. I think I have to have a tack installed to know it's idling. <laughs> what year is this power wagon? A seventy-seven. Okay, I was going to say. Okay, all right. Um, you know, uh, I think you got two choices here. I think I'd go have some some short mufflers put on it so you could hear it. <laughs> no, I, I love it. I can hear every little ticket. I can hear every little smoothness in it. All righty. All right. Well, what? thank you very much. Thank you very much. 602-508-0960. 602-508-0960. We'll be back. Phoenix Body Works is a family-owned and operated collision repair facility that opened in 1982. That's over 35 years ago, helping family and friends with their collision repair needs with unparalleled honesty, integrity, and quality. We have grown into the finest collision repair facility in the Valley of the Sun. We are located on 19th Avenue, one half block north of Deer Valley Road. We're open Monday through Friday, 7.30 a.m. to 5 p.m. and on Saturdays from 9 a.m. to 12 noon for estimates. Give us a call at 623-582-1434 or visit our website at www.phxbodyworks.com, view our YouTube video, or read our Yelp reviews. Remember, it's your vehicle, and you decide who repairs your vehicle, not the insurance company. We work with all insurance companies on your behalf and eliminate the stress of dealing with the repairs. We are not beholden to the insurance company. At Phoenix Body Works, we work for you. 
There's nothing small about your business. Your passion, your hours, your reputation, it's all huge. Your partnerships, even bigger. With Dell Small Business Technology Advisors, you'll get the tech, advice, and one-on-one partnership to help your business grow. Because with reliable Dell PCs with Intel Core processors, you can focus on what matters most, getting business done. Call 877-BY-DELL to speak with an advisor today. That's 877-BY-DELL. Introducing the YMCA. What, you already know the Y? Or so you think. Sure, you know the Y for a swim, a workout, even a game of hoops. But did you know we're more than that? We're a cause. When you take your jump shot at the Y, someone else is getting job training. Take a cardio class while kids are in an after-school enrichment program. Practice your downward-facing dog as a teen practices her leadership skills. That's the why. We work with people no matter their age, income, or background and give them the opportunity to learn, grow, and thrive, all with one simple goal in mind, to strengthen our community. And we've got so much more that does just that. So while you might think of the why as that place for lifting weights, we're also about lifting entire communities. Introducing the why. We're so much more than a place. We're a cause. Visit ymca.net slash more. So you live on Bell Road, east and west of the I-17, and you're looking for a good shop. Bell Road and I-17, Kurtz Automotive. Great shop to go to. He's been around for a very long time, 1987. Kurt, Jeff, and Eric are the three top dogs there. And while Kurt and I are gray-haired guys, these two other young bucks are younger. They may be better than we were, were, I said. They may be better than we were, but they're really very good, all three of them. And from oil changes all the way to find out why my car sounds like it's got a duck in the trunk. Those are the kinds of things that they can do. So again, Kurtz Auto Repair, I-17 and Bell, a great place to go if you need car repair. Let's go to the phones. Nick, you're up first. How can I help you? Mark, I got a 06 Chevy Colorado with uh, 662,000 miles on it. It's a 2.85 speed. For the last couple months, uh, and I started up about 14, 15 times a day. Every time when I start uh, stop for gas every day. It's a hard start. It'll crank, crank, and I got to pump the gas, and then it'll fire up. Okay, so a hard start means that it's not going. It's going for a long time. It'll just it'll crank, and then I pump the gas, and maybe like in three or four seconds, then it'll fire up. Catch. Okay. Do you stuff the tank? Uh, I wait till it clicks off and maybe put in about, round it up from like 11 to 15 cents and then that's it. <laughs> hey ladies, that's a yes. I don't like, I don't, I don't like those weird numbers on my uh, bank statement. <laughs> so instead of going to 11, I'll go to 15. Are you listening to this ladies? This is making excuses. And, and that was the, that was the most flagrant answer that shows the explanation of a man trying to explain why he's doing something he shouldn't. I just thought I'd pass that out. No. I think you need to click, stop on the first click, and let's see what happens. You pumping the throttle on a fuel-injected car is a waste of time. I think you might, might, be popping it too too late. Maybe you have to go six cents or seven cents or whatever. And I'll tell you something. 
I know a guy really well that does the same thing. <laughs> I, I know he hates it when it's, you know, $31.61. So he, he'll go to $60, $32. But I, if you overstuff it, we're going to send liquid fuel up front, and it's going to be a little bit flooded. And if that happens, you'll notice that when the fire does fire up, you, you throttle it up, whoom, whoom, and you'll see black smoke coming out of the tailpipe. So if it only does it when you're fueling up, then I think one and one equals two. And I would just run the nozzle a little slower on the first click, hang it up, and see if I'm right. And if I'm right and I fix your car, then the next time the plate passes you, you make an extra donation. 10-4? Okay, 10-4 on that. But you wouldn't think it would be the fuel pump since every other time it starts right up, right? Well, yeah, because, see, when the fuel pump sits all night long and it's defective, you lose pressure altogether, and then I have okay. you cycle the key three times. You're only talking about being at the gas station for, in you know, you by the time you pull your credit card Five out. Five minutes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So yeah. I, I'm thinking that way, but no, I, I don't think that can, you can possibly, and, and that's the only time you have the problem. So like I said. Only time. Yeah. So I won't tell your wife. But thank you very much. We're going to go okay. to Mike. Mike, you're up next. Hey, how are you doing, Mark? I'm good. I'm good. Is this another confession? Because I have to change my hat and my clothes. <laughs> uh, no, actually, it's an oil question. Okay. Was, it's on my wife's Jeep, the 2002 uh, Jeep Liberty 3.7 liter V6, 180,000 miles. And this thing is eating oil like unbelievable there's no leaks on the ground it will change your oil we'll drive it about 1200 miles and it's down two quarts okay so it's below the ad mark the equal distance oh yeah it's not even on the stick okay it's not even on the stick okay it's a five quart motor okay well we have to take the spark plugs out to see where it's at because if it's not leaking on the ground then it has to no, be using it and sending out the tailpipe. But with a catalytic converter, you're not likely to see the blue smoke. So pull the spark plugs and find out which cylinder it is. Then you're going to enter, you're going to do a compression test on the accompanying and the companion cylinders. Make sure that's okay. And if you have no compression, then we're going to wet compression that cylinder. And if wet brings up the readings, then we got a broken ring, we got a broken piston, we got some kind of mechanical issue. Then we drop a camera down inside the cylinder and see if we can see anything. Now, it also could be an intake manifold because sometimes we have oil returns or oil pressure mm -hmm. going into the intake, and when we blow a gasket between that, then all of a sudden we start feeding oil to the engine. Now, mm -hmm. if that's but the no case, smoke. well, not necessarily. If the catalytic mm -hmm. converter is real hot, then you might see mm -hmm. a tinge of blue, but you're not gonna, this isn't going to drive down the, the road like it's fogging for mosquitoes. <laughs> no, so and and, and to that. answer your question, at all. well, to answer that question, okay, what do you want to do then? You, you know what I mean? I, I'm not what? sure. I don't. I like I said, I, I think it would be a leak somewhere, but in the driveway, there's no leaks. I just okay. don't know how this thing would be eating so much oil. Mike, I, I, that's what I'm kind of. So let's just sit and spend $125 an hour thinking that it should be leaking. Why don't and 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 then all your questions will be answered after the problem is identified, but it it you you can't you can't go at this with well it should be leaking. Well, the answer is is okay if it's not leaking I'm taking your word for it. 
so I'm going to go figure out where the oil is going. And in order to do that, I'm going to have to perform those tests. So a lot of times we're going to find excessive internal pressure because we got a gasket out of the intake or something like that. But there's a lot that can happen. But the good news is it's not likely to be anything serious. It's likely to be something around the intake, and it's likely to be something that can be fixed and you can move on happy. But um, it's I can't work on your car with you saying, well, I, I can't believe it's a leak, and it's two quarts low and 100,000 miles or 1,200 miles, and, and, you know, I don't see any smoke. It, that just doesn't work because I, what do you want me to do if you say don't see, don't see smoke? Do you want me just to forget the combustion chamber? So what you're telling me is, is it's not in the combustion chamber and it's not leaking on the ground. So I suggest to you, then where the hell is it coming from? And that's the only two places it can be. But anyway, I think what I would do is is I would just take it in and have them pull the spark plugs. And I think from there, everybody will be able to figure out where to go. All righty. Have we got anybody else, uh, Gil? It's 28 minutes after the hour of 10 o'clock. Okay. Oil consumption. I'm going to write that down. And that's, uh, that's, that's a good question. And And many times people will try to, you know, well, what could it be? And I think of this and this and this. And my, I got an email this morning from a guy. He says is he takes his car in and or oh, he sits it overnight. And then he, the next morning it doesn't start. He gets towed in and they tell him the motor's junk. Well, well, first of all, we have to figure out if the motor's locked up. Then the second thing we have to do is we have to pull all the spark plugs in case one of the cylinders full of gas or for, full of coolant. And if it's full of gas and full of coolant, it won't crank over because we can't compress water. So you look at that and you go, okay, I pull the spark plug, I crank it over, we got, you know, a, a half a gallon or half a quart of coolant coming out. Okay, it's got an intake coolant leak or it's got a combustion cooling, but I know where it's at now. So you pull that water out, you take the pressure off the cooling system, you crank it over, it starts, boom, we're in good shape. On the other hand, if it won't crank over and there's nothing in the cylinders, then the motor's locked up and somebody's in trouble. We'll be back. Did you know Rain Tree Auto Repair is ranked number one in the entire United States by Mercedes-Benz for their repairs? Andy Val, the dad, and his sons, Tom and Paul, operate Rain Tree Auto Body in North Scottsdale. They've been around since 1972. Sure, they fix Kias and Hondas and Chevys and Fords, but they are rated the best for their ability to correctly repair the Mercedes-Benz. Remember, Rain Tree Auto Repair is ranked number one in the entire United States by Mercedes-Benz for their repairs. They have a machine called the Select Bench. It's the same jig they assemble your car on. Raintree can put your car back to its pre-loss condition with 100% accuracy. Raintree Auto Repair is a BBB member with a plus rating. Raintree Auto Repair provides free estimates and they'll give you a lifetime warranty on all paint and bodywork. They use the best glasserate paint and it's waterborne paint so it has no environmental effect. For more information, stop by RaintreeAutoBodyInc.com. Question, do you have a health insurance plan you are not happy with? Well, Bethany and Jason thought they were stuck. Their plan just kept getting more expensive, and Bethany's favorite doctor didn't even take that plan anymore. And then some friends at church told them about MediShare. With our previous insurance, we were paying $1,200 a month. With MediShare, we now pay around $600 a month. Yes, they're paying $600 less per month, and that's a pretty typical savings with MediShare. And they actually like MediShare more. I was able to go back to my original doctor 
that I absolutely loved. And it's just been an absolutely beautiful thing being a part of MediShare. Yeah, so they pay a lot less and they like it more. No wonder MediShare is growing so fast. Find out more. They're super easy to talk to. All you have to do is call 844-41-BIBLE. That's 844-41-B-I-B-L-E. 844-41-BIBLE. Maybe it's time to take a fresh look at everything we thought we knew about landing a great job. For instance, what if phenomenal careers start at the middle school science fair instead of at the job fair? If being the captain of the robotics team means just as much on a college application as being captain of the football team. And if knowing the quadratic formula is every bit as important as knowing the right people. Well, the fact is, the jobs of the future will be heavily geared towards science, technology, engineering, and math. In other words, the future is STEM. More opportunities, better pay. And the road to these great jobs starts as early as middle school. So if you're a student, talk to your school counselor about STEM. If you're a parent, talk to your kids. Because the job you'll get in the future may very well depend on what you do today. A public service message from America's Navy. Hi, I'm LeVar Burton, and I'm proud to be a book person. Every child deserves to have access to books because children who grow up with books invariably do better in life than children who do not. How do I choose a book? Is it the cover? Uh, yeah, some, I guess, you know, it's sometimes it's the cover, sometimes it's the title. I guess I'm pretty visual, so it's a combination of those two. The first book I remember was Captain's Courageous. When I finished that book, I had become so involved with these characters. So here's the thing. If a book's really, really impressing me and the writing is really, really good, I will peek and see what the last paragraph is. Because the ends, the endings of books, if it's really, really well done, that ending, that last thought should rock you. I am a book person. And if you're a book person, too, read to a child and spark a lifetime of ambition. Join me at bookpeopleunite.org because reading is fundamental. A public service announcement brought to you by Reading is Fundamental, Library of Congress, and the Ad Council. All about that demon automobile in the middle, monster with the polyglass Four minutes after the hour of 10 o'clock, my name's Mark Salem. Every Saturday between 10 and 12, we're here talking about cars, and right now we only have lo- uh, we have one line taken, which means we have four open, 602-508-0960, 602-508-0960. I may have confused some people when I talk about looking for an oil leak uh, by pulling the spark plugs. Here's what I'm thinking. We, we're we being told it's not leaking the oil, so the only way we can have an oil consumption problem is the engine is consuming the oil. Because if it's not leaking and it's not coming out of the tailpipe, then, you know, it's not falling in the floorboard of the car or anything like that. Um, we have to... So pulling the spark plugs, if all of them are nice and tan and the electrodes are clean and they look really new and you pull this one out and it's just got a ball of... of black soot and black crap and it's com- the tip is completely covered with black then we're at step one we know that's the cylinder so that's why we're pulling the spark plugs is we're now by pulling the spark plugs we can run a compression test on it and do a comparison so if all of them are 110 but the one with the bad spark plug and it's at 40 or 50 then we know we have to continue testing but only right there that's kind of how it works. 602-508-0960, 602-508-0960. Bob, good morning to you. How can I help you? Hi, Mark. My son has a 2014 GMC Sierra. 
and three months ago he had the battery replaced and everything was fine and it's all stock it has no aftermarket alarm or stereo or anything okay. but then this morning when he went out to start it he's in san diego so i'm just getting this over the phone but it clicked like it had a dead battery and then he tried to start it again and then it started but it said service theft deterrent system okay and then it started and it ran okay but now he's got like a padlock symbol with an alarm and he lost his mileage setting. It like reset back to four miles an hour. And his uh, he lost his clock. But his radio station presets and, and oil life and all that stuff, that's still okay. Okay. All right. Well, you're, you're going to lose some things when you drop the voltage down to below nine and a half. And usually it wipes out presets, and usually it wipes out seed presets, and usually it resets a bunch of stuff inside. So I can't really just, you know, I'm not going to know without some research. But I'm frankly, I don't care. If I've got a bunch of electronic components that went to zero, then clearly the voltage dropped below 9.6. So the first question is, is we got to test the battery and the connections and the alternator output to determine if there's a problem. This happened to me the other day. Actually, I left my truck up at the at the ranch, and then I came back a couple of days later, and I went to start it, and I heard a lot of clicking, and, the, and it's a diesel. And so I went out and got the jumper box, and I got it running, and I got in. My wife got in, and we were going to go get something to eat. And she says, why are the dome lights on? <laughs> and I had reached up and turned on the two dome lights because I couldn't find my phone, and I left them on, and that was for two days. But this is easy. Most of us will do an electrical system analysis for him. And I suggest that he not go to the three-witch skirt kit at, a, at an auto parts store because they wouldn't know the difference from a, a gopher to an elephant. So if, if this is what happens. The first thing we do is we check the connections at the battery and we do a volt drop test. So if I go from the battery positive, now this is a positive side. If I go from the battery cable to the ground, and it says 12 volts, but then I move my battery cable to the outside of the cable and touch it, and it says 7, then I have a bad connection there. So I'm looking for a bad connection, then I'm going to check the battery for voltage. I hope it's near 13. Um, I'm going to test it and load it and make sure the CCAs on my meter match the CCAs that's written on the top of the battery. And then I'm going to do a starter draw. And I, I want to see about 100 to 200 amps of draw. I'm going to disable the fuel system or the ignition system so I can get a good yeah, 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 yeah kind of thing. And so I check starter draw. Then I'm going to start it up, and I'm going to know that the battery voltage is, you know, 12 and a half, and I want to see 13 and a half. I want to see one volt over static voltage. So what it came in for, I want one over. I really want 13 north of that. So I want th between 13 and 14. So then I also want to look at the amp hours, so I'm going to use an inductive amp probe, wrap it on the positive cable or negative, whatever, and I'm going to hope I'm getting between 10 and 30 amps at idle. And so as I go through that, then I'm going to shut the key off, and I'm going to put an inductive amp probe on both of them, on one or the other of the battery cables. I'm going to shut the door, and I'm going to look for a draw. And so if I have a 6 or 7 or 8 amp or a 10 or 20 or 30 amp draw, i got to go figure that out. So... And this is all done for, let me see, let me see what the average electrical test is. Probably $50 plus or minus 20. So I'm trying tell to me, cover Tell me everybody. what to ask for. What's the name of the test? And 
an electrical systems test, but I think what he should do is take it into the shop and tell him exactly what he told you. Because here's the deal. Right. If, if, the, if the shop has a gray-haired guy and he goes, come on over here, and he lifts up the hood and he said, try to start it, and it goes click, and he goes, just keep clicking it about five or six times, click, 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 click. Then he's going to take his fingers and he's going to touch both battery ca- cable terminals, and if one of them's hot, then the battery <laughs> has a bad connection. Yeah. He's going to fix it and send him on his way. Yeah. So he just tells he got, him what he, you said. Yeah. yeah. righty. He bought the battery at an auto parts store, and they installed it, too. So. Well, you know, it you, you have to have eyes with respect to looking at the battery terminals, what's okay and what isn't. And the only way you know that is, is that if you look at something and go, okay, and then it comes back two days later, then you know that what you saw isn't okay. Well, the kid at the auto parts store sticks it in. He doesn't have the equipment to clean the tray. He doesn't have the rubberized undercoating to put in the tray to keep it from rusting. He doesn't have the sights or the skills to look at bad battery connections. He doesn't know what a bad terminal looks like. He doesn't know all that stuff. If he didn't have the problem before, it's entirely possible that a good cleanup and a retightening of the battery cables, it's at least 50% possible. That's all it needs. So the kid didn't do a good job. Now, on a side terminal, you got to take the bolt out of the middle because the cable has two sides to it. So it, the inside where the bolt contacts the cable, if that's all corroded, nobody ever takes a pair of vice grips and pulls that out. So then you go, oh, well, there's a bunch of corrosion. So we have these little wire brushes, and we just clean up the inside of the cable. We clean up the bolt. We go to the wire brush on the on the bench and put it all back together, and we're done. So I, I think $40 plus or minus 20 Okay? Thank you. Thank you, Bob. You betcha. Thank you very much. 602-508-0960. 602-508-0960. We're going to take a break, and then we're going to come back for about 18 minutes. So if you want to get in, now's the time. 602-508-0960. We're going to be here for another hour, but I just want to tell you that we got open lines available, and I'm tired of hearing my self-speak. I'm going to tell you a story, though, real quick. Last week, at seven minutes to the end of the show, we crashed. And Gil stood in for me until I could get back on the line. And he's been around me a long time, so he can answer the questions, too. <laughs> it was all my fault. Not as good as you, Mark. It, it's all my fault. Um, I had neglected to plug in my equipment up at the ranch to do the radio show. And the battery back up last now we know exactly an hour and 50 seconds or something like that so my whole system went down i'm kind of beating on everything i see what i think is smoke but it's really dust and so i call in and then after i'm done i look and i can't get my equipment to fire up and i walk around to see if the circuits and the and the power supply is disconnected and i was dusting my computer my desk and my studio the week before and I didn't plug everything back in. So I'm telling you, it has nothing to do with KKNT. I'm raising my hand and saying, I screwed up. We'll be back in a minute. Now you have a friend at Thunderbird Automotive, and his name is Tom Fletcher. In 2003, Thunderbird Automotive was a finalist in the Better Business Bureau Ethics Award. In 2004, they won that award. Check them out at the BBB online directory. They're proud of their A-plus rating. Thunderbird Automotive has ASE certified technicians. They can fix anything with a steering wheel. Thunderbird Automotive offers a free courser inspection on every vehicle, the same one that some charge $49 for. 
They now offer a three-year, 36,000-mile warranty on parts and labor anywhere in the country. If you live in the Northwest area, you have to stop in to Thunderbird Automotive at 88th Avenue in Thunderbird, just west of the 101. For more information, visit them online at ThunderbirdAutomotive.com. That's ThunderbirdAutomotive.com. Or drive right in at 88th Avenue and Thunderbird, just west of the 101. The amount of the non-rational that is believed on the left, that is scary. America was founded by fundamentalist Christians who produced an incredibly rational society. 960 The Patriot presents Faith and Freedom. Spiritual warfare. The conflict in which we find ourselves, rather than being a denial of our faith, is actually, in a strange way, an evidence of our faith. With Dennis Prager, Alistair Begg, and Zudi Jasser. There are Muslims that reject America's idea, reject what we stand for, freedom and liberty and accept Islamism. Those are those who are feeding sort of the enemy's ideology. An interreligious dialogue on the most fundamental questions of life, where we agree and where we differ. Join us one night only, February 20th. General admission, preferred seating, and VIP meet and greet available. Info and tickets at 960thepatriot.com. Faith and Freedom, Dennis Prager, Alistair Begg, Zudi Jasser. If something is true, I must believe it. I am religiously obligated to believe it if it's true. 44 minutes after the hour, 10 o'clock. My name is Mark Salem, and we're going to talk about somebody real quick, but I want to talk about Automatic Transmission Exchange. He's been around since 1968, and actually Phil was born in the 1800s. He's been around as long as Automatic Transmissions have been available. He really knows the fundamentals, and if you know the fundamentals, then you can fix anything, whether we shift it with transmission fluid, or we shift it with vacuum, or we shift it based on throttle position, or in the case of the newer ones, the computer shifts it with solenoids. So when you have a transmission problem, the only place I can suggest is Automatic Transmission Exchange, 40th Street in Washington. Paul, how can I help you? Hi. I just had a a quick question with regard to new car uh, break-in period and uh, when to do its first oil change. In the old days, we used to, you know, get a new car. If we had a new car, a new motor, after a couple of thousand miles, we would uh, change the oil and the filter. And I've okay. got a 2018 uh, Canyon with a little uh, 3.5 liter V6, uh-huh. and got about 2,600 miles on it. Uh, great vehicle. Just wanted to know when I should do the first oil change. Y- have you looked to see what the oil change interval is? Yeah, it's about. It's between. They're saying around 7,000 miles. Okay. They said we should start, and uh, I thought, well, what you know, if if they're going to be little pieces of metal filing from the engine breaking in, maybe I should just do uh, an oil change now and then start the manufacturing uh, specs after that. All right. If you were in the shower and you were covered with mud, I I don't want you to picture this literally, okay? You're showering in the mud. Okay. All right, You're st- and, and, and the drain's plugged, and there's a pump that says, I'm going to take what's off the floor and run it back through the shower and put it on your head. That's, oh, not, that, that's not how your car works. <laughs> you have nothing okay. to worry about with these little pieces of shedded metal of hurting your car. The filter isn't going to let it happen, and when you let it park oh, overnight. That, okay. Yeah. There's nothing. I would go the seven seven thousand miles. How many miles a year do you drive? Oh, probably fifteen twenty. 
Okay, so you're going to have what seven or two, maybe three oil changes a year. So yeah, j- just space them out. I would suggest to you that one at the beginning of the winter, September, October, and one at the beginning of the summer, April, May. So try to Perfect. fit into there so you go through summer. And as far as breaking is concerned. The biggest thing is is don't use cruise control because constant speed is not the way to polish everything. Number two, okay. Okay. drive it like you stole it. So you, you, you okay. want to vary okay. in throttle. You want to throttle up and desail and throttle up and desail. You throttle up and we rattle things. You desail and we spray oil all over the inside of the engine. So that's okay. why no cruise control. We don't want cruise control. We want steady speed. But I want you to vary the throttle. I want you to concentrate on the RPM. Sometimes you drive around in third gear instead of, you know, overdrive. You're in the city. Okay. And so drive around with a different gear. But just vary the throttle, no cruise control, and don't let your 16-year-old drive it. You'll be home free. (laughs) Thank you, Mark. I appreciate it. Thank you. Nick, you're up next. How can I help you? Yes, Mark. uh, 2006 Toyota Tacoma. 240,000 uh, had it since new, put several batteries in it, recently changed one, and all of a sudden it's battery morning. Okay. So uh, I, all of a sudden I got this green growth on the negative post. Okay. Just clean it up with some soap and water and a wire brush, and green typically means moisture. And it could have been that maybe everything wasn't dry when the battery was changed, or maybe they, they somebody, you know, hose no, off I, the battery. No, I change. I always okay. brush out the terminal, you know, the clamp-on style and, you know, okay. the old style. And, and I always, you know, take my wire brush. I get those brushes and clean them out on the inside and everything. But I've had multiple batteries in this thing. I've never had this issue. Okay. Well, did you water, did you wash the top of the battery and the battery in the tray after you were all done? Uh, no, I don't think. No, okay. no I, I have any need to. Okay. I, I don't know what it is, but if I were you, <laughs> I'd just clean it up, and then I would get some red enamel paint or and black, and I'd spray the the, the positive cable red, and I'd spray the negative yeah. black enamel, and I'd forget yeah. about it. Now, if it comes back, you said green, and green is yeah, typically it's, it's coolant like a, it's like or a, moisture. A light green uh, growth. You know, okay. Mold-like growth or something. Uh, I mean, it's crazy. And, okay. Uh, and I, never I think it's going to be uh, water, water, and that's important if it's water. But corrosion is white, and I don't think I've ever seen green. But if it's green, I got to say it's water. And somehow you keep it dry, and I'm suggesting you just paint it with some enamel paint and be done with it. So I I don't know because I've never really seen that before. But I'm giving you the very best advice I can. Tom, you're up next. How can I help you? How are you doing? Hey, I've got kind of a weird thing. I got a 2000 uh, Ford F-150 V6 twin turbo, and last summer going over the Continental Divide up in Colorado, it got really hot, and the check engine light came on, so we pulled over. Anyway, we got over there, went to Salida, went to the Ford dealer, and he said it was just your truck getting used to the altitude. That would be, you know, it would be fine. It would adjust itself. We were there all week, and it never did. But uh, you know, coming home, everything was fine. Just kind of didn't think about it. Didn't take it in because it never got hot again. But now the check engine light came on, and I took it to AutoZone. They said I got a misfire on cylinder number five. And I was wondering if that could be related or if I need to change the spark plugs. It's got 74,000 miles on it. They're supposed to be 100,000-mile spark plugs, but I don't know if okay. that matters. What did the three-whiskered kid at AutoZone tell you to do? 
They said it's probably change of spark plugs or a coil. Okay. Exactly. <laughs> and, of course, he wants to sell you, you know, 600,000-mile spark plugs, and he wants to sell you, well, if you're going to do one coil, you might as well do them all, and then there's right. this little rubber wire between the coil and the spark plug, and you might as well do all those. But if you have a vacuum leak that attends to that runner, you're going to spend a whole lot of money for nothing. Ah, uh. And okay. and if you've got and and the first thing we're going to do is is we're going to swap the coils. So we'll swap five with four, and then we'll go drive it or give it to you. And we'd say, hey, you know, if you want us to drive it, we're going to charge you one hundred twenty-five dollars an hour. If you want to drive it, fine. Let's just hold the ticket open. You go drive it. You didn't say a word about climbing to slide a Cal or Colorado. You didn't say a word about it missing. You didn't say a word about you had any problem with the performance. So let's think about this. The turbo is capable of tremendous boost, as you already know. Yeah, <laughs> you know that weird, thing. Actually. That thing will <laughs> climb a tree with a horse trailer behind it. So right. what you did was, is on your way up, you flogged that dog too hard, and gotcha. and and I I get the same kind of alarms in my truck. My son put this fancy dancy thing, and he says, "I don't want you to go past 12. And the other day, I was hauling some tractors and i happened to go up the hill and i looked down i'm running about 14 and i remember he said you know aluminum pistons melt at 11 so i back off the throttle i drop a gear in my automatic the the, the exhaust temperature gases cool off to you know 900 and i go okay i i just learned a lesson well you don't have exhaust gas temperature and you go you fly up the mountain um, maybe you had your buddies with golf clubs in the back and you were showing them what your Ford Twin Turbo would do. Then you get up there and you don't have the problem because you're not loading it like climbing up the, to Salida. Then you come home and you're on your way down, and, of course, all of that goes away. Right. Now, if it was running rich, you'd have smelled it, your fuel economy would have dropped, and more than likely you would have fouled that spark plug. But I think you should clear the code and just drive it. Now, if if the injector's not working on that cylinder, it would have caused that one cylinder run a little heavier, uh, a little hotter, I say, hotter. But okay. your computer typically wouldn't pick that up. So I think you got to clear the code. I think you got to forget about the turbos and, and overheating and all that kind of stuff. I, I think that you did that. And I think if you got home and nothing happened, I think you, you did fine. Very good. Thanks, sir. All righty. You bet. There's times with guys bring diesels in that the mo the motors look like a meteorite, and I'm exaggerating, because they're going up a hill, they're driving a Ford, the Dodge is next to them, and then they both decide to put it to the floor and see who can get to the top of the hill, and one of them ain't going to make it, and it's because... <laughs> because diesel engines melt down when you're being stupid. Who's on the phone? Okay, that'd be George. George, good morning to you. How can I help you? Yes, good morning. Uh, I want to put some new taillights on my little trailer. Uh, I get tired of playing with broken lenses and everything else, and the new ones I see at the stores are uh, undoubtedly LEDs, and I'm wondering if my 2003 blinker and my 2003 truck will work with them. Absolutely. Yes. Oh, it, doesn't, it doesn't care how, what the load is. No, no. And and that, as and see how well I listen? You just brought that up because someone told you that these will take one-tenth of the load from them, the, those incandescent bulbs that you're replacing. And so right. 
I, I pick up on that stuff. I've been talking to people on the radio for since 1988 about car repair. We install LEDs every day. We have a, a performance division. We put LED headlights. <laughs> we put LED turn signals. We put LEDs all over that son of a gun. We did uh, the running boards on a, on a Dodge that we have that's dressed as the American flag, and we put red, white, and blue bulbs underneath the, the the cab so when you open the door the the uh, step comes out and it's got red white and blue lights that light it up so in your particular case you're going to love them because you don't have to replace them they're waterproof you got to make sure your connections are nice they're bright they're nice and you won't have any problem flashing them and the the flasher and the computer doesn't care what the load is so it it your signal is going to once you turn on the signal then it's going to fire up that turn signal no matter what. So I think you'll be just fine. I shop around and and find something that's got some kind of a measurement, looms or something like that, and just shop around and shop price. You get on the Internet and say, you know, trailer taillights LED, and you probably find something that you like, and you could find something locally as well. Okay? All right. Very good. Thank you. You betcha. Uh, you know, I uh, my son put a in, uh, in – LED um, big off-road light on the front of my Dodge truck and um, there's a place uh, as I come down the mountains where as you're coming down the mountains you can see those green mile markers so at the very top it's 230 I don't know it's 237 and then you come down through the valley and then on the other side it's 239 so there's there's in this long drive there's two miles so I was coming home the other night and it was dark, and I was all by myself. So as I crested the hill, I turned on my my eye burner. I mean, it 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 hurts to look at it. And I could <laughs> two miles away, I could see the green um, mile marker light up. I turn it off, turn it on. So we have these lights that we can hook. We and so does a lot of other shops. We have these lights that we can hook up in addition to your high beams. Now me. I wire them into the high beams because when I use my high beams, no one's in front of me coming at me or no one's in front of me going the same way. I think you'll agree. I'm all by myself. So I like to turn on my high beams and have everything I got light up. And so when I'm traveling at 65 miles an hour, and I and I do, my wife would say otherwise, I don't want an elk running out in front of me. I want to see both sides of the road really well. And then obviously if I see headlights coming at me, I just flip off. Now, many people want to have a switch, and that's okay with me, but every one of them forgets to turn the switch off, and they blind all the oncoming traffic. So you got your choice. You can do whatever you want. 602-508-0960. The lines are wide open. 602-508-0960. You can get in right now. We're going to be back at three minutes after the top of the hour. We're going to take your calls, and we'll go on from there. So one more time, 602-508-0960. Kurtz Auto Repair is a good place, but so is Larry Harker's Auto. We talked about them earlier in the hour. Bob at Larry Harker's Auto, I'm sending a car to him for a fresh pair of eyes because we can't fix it. So that's quite an honor for me to send a car for him because we can't fix it because we can't. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. 
The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal record to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.